Great. Good morning, everyone. Excellent. Uh, I bring warm greetings from Hazelmere site. Just been uh, over there, and uh, it's, I walked in here this morning uh, at nine, nine o'clock-ish, and somebody said to me, where have you been? And I said, I've been at Hazelmere site for the last two years. So it's great to, uh, great to be back here, and it's great to see some familiar faces as well. And um, looking forward to what the Lord is doing really through this series. As Neil said, um, the series is really based on opening ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit um, to identify those areas in our lives that we really need to bring before him um, to, to help us in our walk with God and to help us in our walk with other people as well. Um, we're going to be covering the topic of uh, forgiveness this morning, uh, moving from unforgiveness to freedom. And we start off by reading from Matthew 18. So it's going to be on the screen behind you. If you'd like to turn to Matthew 18, that would be great. And we're reading from verses 21 to 35. Okay. So then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Sobering reading. Um, I, I was walking in... London last week actually I was on the way to meet a, a colleague with work um, and I was walking down the street in London and a jogger ran up behind me and immediately just in front of me tripped, stumbled and twisted his ankle. It looked quite painful actually. It was nothing I did just to be clear. Um, he just slightly tripped and stumbled and he kind of ran it off and managed to get back up to pace and continued on his way. We read in Isaiah 40 that even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
Even youth grow weary. And I think whether you consider yourself to be a youth, uh, young, middle-aged, old, uh, men and women, we all, I think, would agree that there are things in life that cause us to feel tired and weary. There are things in life that cause us to stumble and to fall. And we've been covering those over this series. Um, It might be unbelief, it might be self-reliance, it might be temptation, it might be uh, be our, our own challenges in life that just cause us to stumble and fall. And unforgiveness is one of those areas. Unforgiveness is an area that can cause us to trip up. It can cause us to stumble. And really what this series is about and what this morning is about is just identifying uh, where there may be unforgiveness. Uh, Identifying where there may be areas that we're stumbling in and just bringing that before God. Um, Allowing him to remove those rocks so that we can allow his power uh, to flow through us. Now, it's... um, It's a topic that affects us all. I'm sure we'll all agree that you've had to say sorry to somebody in your life, maybe this week, maybe this morning. But you've had to say sorry, and and equally, I'm sure that someone's had to say sorry to you. We all know what apology is all about and saying sorry and and forgiving others is. And um, we're not just talking here about forgiving the person that cuts into you at the roundabout at the bottom of Marlow Hill and nearly causes an accident, and they just didn't indicate, and didn't they see it's my lane, it's my lane, I own this lane, this is my part of the road, and they cut in, and, you know, and, and, uh, and we just, the forgiveness, or, or for me, a personal uh, testimony example is when, uh, after Easter, you've got that one last Cadbury's cream egg that you're saving for that special moment with a coffee, and you stick it in the fridge on a shelf, and you go to the fridge for that moment, and it's gone. And you, you so, yeah, so this, this happened to me, so Ellie, do you know where my egg's gone? And I think what was most difficult was the grin that came across my wife's face as I asked her where the egg was. And of course, I've let her go, forgiven that. That's why I'm telling the story now. But, um, but you know, we're not talking about trite little things like this. Actually, forgiveness is a really difficult topic. It's a tough subject. Um, it's talking about emotional, physical sometimes, uh, even mental damage that another might have done against you. It's about suffering. It's about hurt. It's about pain. If you play the, ever played the board game Taboo, where you have to describe a word like kettle and you can't say the words underneath it, like tea and coffee and boil and chips, and if you had the word unforgiveness to describe, the kind of words that you couldn't use to describe it might be hurt and sorry and revenge and anger and pain. This topic is not trite, it's one that affects us all and is difficult as well. There might be some people here this morning and you've come in and you know there's things that just are really difficult. That there's people and situations that are just really hard to let go of. And so really what I want to do today is talk about two main points. Firstly, that we are totally forgiven by God, because that's a standing point, that's a starting point for us. If we're to flow in forgiveness, that we realise that we are totally forgiven by God. And secondly, that God calls us to totally forgive others. God calls us to totally forgive others. And as ever will with this series, we'll be giving some time at the end for prayer, for those that want to receive prayer 
just to sit in his presence and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So when we look again at the parable, a master is owed 10,000 talents of gold by his servant. And the servant who owes those 10,000 talents of gold is himself owed 100 silver coins by a fellow servant. Just a quick review of the Roman money system, because it's important for the context of this particular parable. Uh, The talent and the denarius, plural denarii, but the denarius, they're two measures of currency in New Testament times. A denarius with a silver coin weighed about four grams, typically a day's wages. So soldiers, um, labourers were paid a single silver coin uh, after a day's work. So 100 denarii was about just over three months' worth of wages. That's what the second servant owed the first servant. 100 denarii, 100 silver coins. A talent is a unit of weight for gold or silver and weighs, wait for it, about 33 kilograms. So just imagine, picture 33 kilograms of gold in New Testament times. Uh, It was worth about 16 years of wages in terms of money. So 10,000 talents of gold is equivalent to 160,000 years of wages. So looking at the average salaries, 27,000 pounds around that, the Office of National Statistics, average UK salary. So in today's number, the second servant owes around 7,400 pounds. And the first servant owes 4.36 billion pounds. That's a parable, by the way. It's a par- so Jesus is telling a parable. It's an illustration. What he's, the reason he's using that amount is it's unpayable. It's, it's an inordinate amount of money. 10,000 talents of gold, 10,033 kilograms of gold is an inordinate amount of money that he owes. And 100 silver coins, relatively speaking, is not very much. Still money, but it was not very much. And Jesus is deliberately drawing the parallel between these two amounts in order to make the point, in order to illustrate the point. And as the master began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents of gold is brought to him. And since he's not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. He could legally do that. Your wife, your children, all your possessions, uh, your cart, your horses, your camels, whatever, all be sold. It won't even touch the debt, but sell it all to repay the debt. That was his order. But... The servant pleaded for more time. Please, can I just have more time? I'll repay the debt, but please, can I have more time? And the master has pity on him, and he cancels his debt. He doesn't just give him more time. He pays off his debt. He gives him £4.3 billion. He says, you don't have to pay it. You don't have to give up your children and your wife and your possessions. I'm not only going to take away your debt, I'm going to give you life. What amazing generosity. The accountant might have said, what are you doing? At least take something back from him. But no, the master says, I'm going to completely clear his debt. Totally. Incredible generosity. Incredible grace. Incredible mercy. Now, Jesus began by saying that the servant master took pity on him and cancelled the debt, but that the kingdom of heaven is like this. So Jesus is illustrating here what God the Father is like. That in this this parable, God the Father is like the king, like the master. And we are like the servant who owes all of this debt. And the money is sin. 
For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The money is our offence to God. It's our wrongdoing. It's the wrong attitudes that we have. It's the wrong things that we do. That before a holy, pure God, we cannot stand but for his forgiveness and his grace. But just as the Master does in this, but in such a greater way, God the Father looks upon us as we cry to him for mercy. And we might ask, God, give me more time to put this sin right. Give me more time. Let me do more things to try and be free from this debt of sin. And God looks upon us and he says, no, I'm going to remove the debt of your sin. And we know the cost to God of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That Jesus paid the price. He paid the ransom for our sins. That that was God's abundant generosity towards us. That we couldn't even begin to repay the debt, just like this servant. And instead of having to repay it, God in his grace removes the debt from us. We are forgiven. We're clothed in righteousness. The servant would have been bankrupt. Should have been bankrupted. But instead he's got everything and more. We should be bankrupt in righteousness, but instead we receive Christ's righteousness. Not only does he take away our debt, but we also receive the righteousness of Christ. We are clothed in robes of righteousness. That's how you stand before God this morning if you've put your faith in him. But here's the question. Are you living in the freedom of that? Are you living in the the joy and the freedom and the release of that truth? that he has totally cancelled all of your debt. Sometimes I think we can be like that servant that says, just give me more time. There's certain things that I really don't believe you've forgiven me of completely. We try to repay, perhaps, the debt, not realising and living in the truth that he has cancelled all of our debt. Bishop Sandy Miller, he was the vicar at Holy Trinity Brompton, which was the... Uh, He was actually really the principal founder of the Alpha Course. And he speaks of a time when he was walking along the beach one evening and he noticed that the sand had been churned up by the footprints of others. And the next morning he did the same walk and the sand was completely smooth. And he sensed Jesus saying to him, that is a picture of forgiveness. No trace of your sin. No trace of those footprints, no trace of your sin. That is a picture of forgiveness. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can we just say together, all unrighteousness? Let's say it again, all unrighteousness, that word all. Not most unrighteousness, not some unrighteousness, not the unrighteousness that we think we've been forgiven of, but it's all unrighteousness. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation. Let's say that, no condemnation. No condemnation. I'm going to need to get my timing better, don't I? <laughs> but this is just, no, so not, not, there's less condemnation. Or there's a bit of condemnation. No, it's, it's no condemnation. All unrighteousness, no condemnation. Jesus paid the price. And I think sometimes we can live in the most unrighteousness and the less condemnation. We can, we can be like the servant that's just trying to repay something. Give me more time. 
And Jesus wants us to live in the freedom of all unrighteousness being taken away. Are you finding yourself reconfessing something that you, you just need to get right with God and you're just saying sorry again and again to God for that? Or maybe there's just a nagging sense of guilt and condemnation where we have an enemy who accuses, an enemy who doesn't want us to live in the freedom and the victory of no condemnation, who is a liar and a thief and who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus wants us to live in the freedom of all unrighteousness is taken from you. There is no condemnation. The, The prison gates have been unlocked. The doors are wide open. Walk out into complete freedom and complete forgiveness when you've confessed your sins to him. Because a little yeast works amongst the dough. A little yeast, a little something, and it affects our confidence before God. It affects our understanding of who and what we are before him. Stand on that truth that he has forgiven you, that he has cancelled your debt. Because if we're going to forgive others, if we're going to walk in unforgiveness, the first revelation is that we are forgiven and that we're grateful that we are forgiven. So let's just thank God. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed my sin from me. I don't need to go over that again. You've removed it. I thank you, Lord. And it's not just that one occasion, it's throughout our lives. We see this in John's Gospel as as Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples and he washes Simon Peter's feet and Simon Peter says, no, surely not, you're never to wash my feet, Lord. And Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And and Peter says, well, wash my whole body then. Just wash, wash all of me. If you're going to wash me, wash all of me. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet, their whole body is clean, and you are clean. Jesus says to Simon Peter those three words, you are clean. But he's washing his feet. See, the bath is like our our repentance to God, but our feet get dirty in life. As we walk through life, as as, as we just find situations in life where we need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's like, Jesus, please wash my feet. I need to hear those words again, you are clean. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. Not that we pray that once, but it's how do I pray, Lord? It's pray all the time. We live in this, this need for his forgiveness, not just yesterday, not just today on Sunday, but tomorrow as well. Not that we sin the more that grace the more abounds, but we need his forgiveness. So his forgiveness was for when we came to him and he forgives us today. And his forgiveness is here for you this morning. Renowned author C.S. Lewis also says, if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than God. So if God has forgiven you, if he's declared you righteous, you have to forgive yourself. Self-condemnation, the enemy loves to just beat up, I can't get over that. No, God's forgiven you. So we're called to forgive ourselves as well. So for some, that might be a real challenge. That might be the area, that might be the rock, that might be the one thing. It's just, Lord, help me to align my belief of myself with what you say of me, that I am completely forgiven. The second most important commandment, Jesus said, was love your neighbour as you love yourself. Forgive yourself, love yourself. And from that place, we forgive others from that revelation of what he's done for us. But we read of this servant now 
his 4.3 billion debt is wiped away. But when he went, he goes out and he finds his servant. He doesn't bump into him. He seeks out his servant with anger. He doesn't give the guy any mercy, even though he's received mercy. And he says, pay me now or else you're in jail. And legally he can throw him in jail and that's what he does. And of course the news gets back via the other servants to the master and the master is understandably furious. And he says, you should have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you. And he handed him over to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. He'd never be able to pay it back. Jesus says, then says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. There's no ambiguity in that statement. There's no interpretation of that in terms of what Jesus is saying. We are to forgive unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, again, I don't want to be glib about this topic of forgiveness and forgiving other people. The offences that have been committed may be very painful. They may seem unforgivable. They may seem very, very damaging to us and the person might not have said sorry. We might not even know the offender. We might not even ever seen them. Somebody's had something stolen, you know, it's horrible. You don't know who did that, but it's, it's an offence against you. So this isn't easy. It's costly. It's challenging. It is painful. This is not just a, oh yeah, I forgive. It's not just words. It's from the heart. This is a heart matter. And in this, we need the help of his Holy Spirit. An example of someone who had an amazing response in that was Gordon Wilson. On the 8th of November in 1987, Remembrance Sunday, uh, members of the armed forces and the public had gathered in the town of Enniskillen in Northern Ireland. The provisionally IRA had planted a 40-pound bomb in reading rooms behind the town's cenotaph. And it was time to go off at 10.43 just before the ceremony was due to start. Gordon Wilson was with his daughter Marie, she's a nurse, and they were caught in the explosion. They were buried in the rubble. Rescuers pulled Wilson and Marie out from under the collapsed building. Marie never regained consciousness. She died along with 10 other people, 64 were injured on that morning. In an emotional interview that Gordon Wilson gave to the BBC not long after, just hours after the bombing, some of you might have seen this. He described his last conversation with Marie, his dying daughter. And as they both lay buried in the rubble, she held my hand tightly, he said, and gripped me as hard as she could. And she said, Daddy, I love you very much. And those were her exact words to me, as those were the last words I ever heard her say. But to the astonishment of the listeners, he went on to add, but I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back to life. She was a great wee lassie. She loved her profession. She was a pet. She's dead. She's in heaven and we shall meet again. I will pray for these men tonight and every night.
We, could, we cannot imagine the pain and the anguish that Gordon was going through. But his reaction was seen as a turning point in the troubles in Northern Ireland. The IRA even changed their strategy after that. He pleaded with loyalists not to take revenge. And his calls for forgiveness have become known as the spirit of Enniskillen. And 10 years later on Remembrance Sunday 1997, Jerry Adams, the Sinn Féin leader, formally apologised for the bombing. So Gordon's words again, but I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. I will pray for these men tonight and every day. So here's a man who has every right. He has every right to seek revenge. He has every right to be angry. He would have been angry. He has every right to not forgive. But he's a man who knows he's forgiven. And I believe it was a miracle that he responded in that way. A miracle of God's grace. What is a miracle? It's the supernatural impacting the natural. And in his natural self, in his natural self, how? But the grace of God and the supernatural love and mercy of God must have ministered to that man at that time and his family. And Jesus said in Matthew 19, with man, this is impossible, but with God, this is possible. It wasn't about forgiveness, but there is a principle here that sometimes things can seem impossible to us. But with God, this is possible. So let's, looking at that example, but let's look at some practical steps for us in our own lives, bringing that to today, tomorrow, next week, yesterday. How do we put this into practice? On, on a practical level, firstly, it's really helped to, it's helpful to identify the offender and the offence. It's to call it out. When we confess our sins to God, we are, we are specific. Lord, I'm sorry for that. I'm, I'm sorry for whatever it might be, but we're specific. And it's helpful to do that. It's helpful to say it as it is. There's nothing wrong with saying it as it is. If you've been offended, if you've been hurt, talk to God and say it as it is. Let's, let's get, get forensic about this. It's okay to do that. He can take that. Now, I know sometimes we might not know the person who's offended us. If we have been a victim of crime or something like that and terrible, we might not know the person. I can't think what it must be like for when a criminal is never caught and put to justice for a crime. But, but, it, but we still need to be specific about that. We bring that to, to God. Be specific. Secondly, recognize that forgiveness is a choice. It's so sad when we hear people say, I can never forgive. I can never forgive that person for what they've done. Well, forgiveness is a choice. It is a choice. It's difficult. It might be a bridge that seems impossible to cross. It might be a... The pain, the anguish, the sense of letting that person off and letting them off the hook and the sense of righteous indignation might be... It's difficult, it's painful, it's costly. But it is possible. It is a choice. From the heart, it is a choice. It is your choice. It is my choice on how we respond to that individual and that situation. That's not to say it's not a hard choice but it is nonetheless a choice. Jesus would not have taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive others if it's impossible, but it's difficult. So we ask for God's help. 
We need his spirit to help us. For some, it's just bring that small mustard seed of faith. That mustard seed of faith. That, Lord, I'm so struggling with this, but please help me to forgive. I'm not going to pretend that I can pray a blessing on this person yet. I'm not going to pretend that I'm, I'm kind of, I could go and have a cup of tea with them. The relationship's going to be restored to how it was. That might never happen. But Lord, I bring this mustard seed and please help me to begin this journey of forgiveness. Help me to forgive. Ask him for his help. Jesus who said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Ask for his help. Ask for help to forgive. Thank God that you are forgiven. (laughs) Who knows that we needed to ask God forgiveness yesterday, today and tomorrow. We're going to continue to have our feet washed. Thank God for the sheer price he paid for our forgiveness. Because we want to be a a, a river that's flowing through us to the lives of others. The problem with this servant, he became a stagnant pond. He received all this forgiveness, but it just sat there. He He didn't pass it on and allow it to overflow into the lives of others. But when we look up and we thank God for his forgiveness, we become and we allow him to uh, allow his forgiveness to flow through us. But we start from that point of being thankful that we are forgiven. And the last, I suppose, practical help is to know that God is the final judge. You know, sometimes with forgiveness, we think that person's been let off. They've, they've got away with it. And I'm, I've, we all have a, an innate sense of needing justice. We want to see justice done. And if I forgive this person, they're getting away with it. And they're not even sorry. And they don't even care. So why should I forgive? I want to hold them in that place. God will judge. Hebrews 9 is appointed for all people to die once and to face judgment. Now, we might think, well, that's a long way off. That's, that's difficult to embrace. But no, this is, God is the judge. He knows all things. He knows everything that happened to you. He knows it all. He knows that person. He is the judge, and he will judge. Forgiving others isn't letting them off judgment. It's not letting them off justice. Ultimate justice, the kind of justice that none of us would even want to consider, actually, of being in a place where you can never repay the debt. It's pretty graphic here, he was tortured. Uh, This is not nice stuff here. Never repay. See, forgiveness doesn't let the other person off the hook, it lets you off the hook. It lets you off the hook of bitterness and resentment and anger and the need for revenge. Give that person, give that situation to God in faith that he will deal with it. That he will judge. And justice will be done. Just a final story to finish on is Neville Lawrence, the father of Stephen Lawrence. We all know the horrific story of how Stephen was murdered 25 years ago. And Neville was interviewed two weeks ago on Sky News. And this is a quote from the article. Neville Lawrence said he has decided to forgive the gang of racists who murdered the 18-year-old. Mr. Lawrence has embraced Christianity in recent years and said, I wanted to be baptised. And in order to be baptised, 
You have to forgive people who have done you wrong. It's been a heavy load to carry around, and hatred is not a nice thing to have. In order to free myself of carrying this burden around, I decided to forgive all these boys who murdered my son. You, forg- you can forgive somebody whether or not they want it. And if by any chance these people repent for what they have done and ask to see me, I would consider going and talking to them. It says, I wanted to lay down the heavy load of bitterness and hatred. He's received Christ. He's received Christ's forgiveness. So are there any rocks of unforgiveness that are causing you to stumble this morning? Are there any rocks in the river? Maybe you need to confess your sins for the first time today. Come to God and need that bath. You need that cleansing. The debt is too big. You can't ask for more time. You can't pay it off. You can't even begin to. You just need the merciful servant to cancel your debt. Or perhaps this morning you know that you know, you've had your debt cancelled but you've, you've been walking through life and you need your feet to be washed by Jesus you need to hear him say to you again you are clean you've been living in the less condemnation you've been living in the some unrighteousness and you need to receive that you are clean and you need to forgive yourself and let yourself go or maybe actually for you the struggle is that I just can't you've, you've said I can't forgive you've said I won't forgive he said, oh, it's too hard. And f- for you today, it's bring that mustard seed of faith. Call on God to help you. Thank him for his forgiveness for you. Ask him to help you to forgive. Repent of, repent of, of your heart, actually. And say, Lord, help me. I know this is painful. And he will hear you. He will meet with you. And he will free you from the hooks, from the bitterness from the anguish it might be a journey it's not easy it's not glib but bring it to him Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times and Jesus answered I tell you not seven times but 77 times with man this may seem impossible but with God all things are possible Amen.